Before we get into the episode, we'd just like to mention that due to the current global pandemic, we are conducting some of our discussions with guests on online mediums and therefore there might be some inconsistencies in audio quality in the conversations. Thank you so much for your understanding. Please note that the topics, issues and areas discussed in this podcast may cause distress to some listeners, as well as the possible use of bad language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Addressing the Elephant, the Mental Health Podcast. My name is Rachel and I am your host. Thank you for joining me and for creating and normalizing a space to have conversations about mental health. Today's episode is the third part or the third um, episode in the collaboration that I did with Sexual Health West and I am joined by Grace O'Shea. She is one of the sexual health educators, uh, both with Sexual Health West and also she does some of her own uh, sexual health stuff uh, which she'll tell you about in the podcast like the other episodes we could not stop talking and I actually tried to edit this podcast and to limit it and to make it a bit shorter but I really the, the conversation and the tangents and everything that we went off on I think are so important in opening and creating a space to have a conversation about body image and our perception of you know society and body standards and all that sort of stuff so these two episodes are still even though they've been cut in half they're still very long uh they're probably about 45 minutes each sorry um but not sorry because i really enjoyed this conversation so i hope you enjoy it too um so this is part one and uh, part two will follow straight after this and they're released on the same day so i do hope you enjoy I am delighted to be joined on this podcast by Grace O'Shea. Grace is a sexual health educator. Um, Grace, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, thank you for joining us on this podcast. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your day to sit and have a chat with me. No problem. Um, so before we kind of kick into it, maybe you'll give us kind of some sort of background or a quick summary of who you are, what your, uh, what your story is, shall we say? Yeah, absolutely. So again, my name is Grace and at the moment I work as a relationships and sexuality educator for Sexual Health West. So basically um, I deliver the WISER program, which stands for West of Ireland Sexuality Education Resource, which is a mouthful, so it's Mm -hmm. easier to say WISER. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of that work involves going into schools um, and working with young people and delivering our RSE program. So I've been in this role for Uh, I think five years now I started how I got into this area which a lot of people tend to ask me about um, especially working in the sexuality field in Ireland Um, I did a master's in health promotion and I did an unpaid placement with Sexual West and they offered Mm. me a job at the end of it which was fantastic Uh, so I've been there I think five years and before that as I said I did my master's in health promotion my thesis was all about body image in adolescence and um, and I also Thanks to this year being so um, different, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to be you know, not, too, to not too negative about it, but it's very mm-hmm. different, challenging. Obviously, I had lots of time in lockdown. We weren't going out to schools. So I said I do something that I've wanted to do for years and set up my own kind of business slash brand um, mm-hmm. as an independent sex educator as well, um, where I would work well only with adults so I go by the name usually Grace Alice under that role because Alice is one of my middle names 
So yeah, so that's me basically in a nutshell. So uh, two sides of the professional coin, the personal yeah. profession and then the work profession. Yeah. Um, I'm going to catch on what you said you did your thesis about um, and that you did it on body image. And mm-hmm. I suppose we already knew in advance of this that body image is what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. But when we talk about body image, what do we mean when we talk about body image? I mean, I, I think a lot of people have their own perception of it, but I suppose yeah. um, from an educator point of view, when we talk about body image, what are we talking about? Yeah, in a nutshell, a term we use to describe how we feel about our own bodies and also the importance we attach to our bodies how they look Mm. and how we feel about them so sometimes um it gets a bit muddled and confused I'll be working with young people and say again working on particularly talking about body image and sometimes a lot of them will interpret it as how your body looks Mm -hmm. so I remember I did an exercise before asking them you know what are different factors that could influence your body image? So we were looking at family, friends, media, whatever. And a lot of them were coming back with, well, you know, if you grow up in a home where there's lots of like bad food, I'm mm-hmm. using bad and inverted commas there, but you know, um, if there's not maybe great nutrition or whatever, then you could end up being like overweight. And I was like, mm, that's not quite though, body image because that's Mm. you're talking again about the physical body objectively okay so the body this person is in could end up being bigger but that says nothing about how they feel about their body Mm -hmm. so um yeah it gets confused a bit but basically it's how we feel about how our body looks put really simply Mm -hmm. and that actually is a really interesting way to put it that again when you were explaining I was like yeah actually I suppose I would associate the way I look with body image now I know myself that it's the way I feel about my body mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but it is definitely when you said it there I was like Jeannie Mackers like it's so uh, intrinsically linked the two of them oh yeah yeah absolutely and I think obviously there is loads of research which would probably end up touching on on like <clears throat> that the, the physical body you're in obviously can affect your body image because of you know where society society places your body mm-hmm. in in relation to <clears throat> worthiness or desirability etc but um really it's kind of at that point when I'm working with young people I'm like it's important not to make assumptions like just because someone is in a bigger body that doesn't mean they feel bad about it like mm-hmm. do they need to feel bad about it and it opens up really interesting conversations mm-hmm. then and um, so yeah you can understand how people get a bit confused between the two because they are linked in a way mm-hmm. they are linked but not automatically mm-hmm. um, the same thing they're not the same thing mm-hmm. absolutely and I suppose when we're thinking of like you said when someone's in a bigger body it might be seen as you know a, a negative body image and I, I, I think back to what we're exposed to in the media all the time. Every magazine has either dropped the Christmas weight, dropped the lockdown weight. Oh, look mm-hmm. at this person. They've lost all these pounds. Oh, look at this person. They're way too skinny. Oh, look at this person. They've yeah. gained some weight. Are they pregnant? And you're like, can this person not just be a normal human being? <laughs> like, yeah. why, why is all about this person surrounded by how they physically look? Of course. Yeah, we're obsessed with looks as a society and you know it I think it's something once you start noticing it you can't 
you cannot stop and at times it can be a bit like oh god is it better to be blissfully ignorant sometimes but Mm. it isn't obviously but you know you catch yourself doing it I still to this day after you know years of working in this area catch myself thinking about someone with regards to how they look and maybe not necessarily their weight but you know I catch myself saying she's 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 gone old looking isn't she and I'm like well, obviously she's gotten older looking because she is older and mm-hmm. years have gone by. Do you know, it's just mm-hmm. such a, but it's so loaded, mm-hmm. even that sentence. Um, and I think, yeah, we, we all grow up with it, as you said, with the media, the magazine covers. Um, social media nowadays you know, as well. Social media nowadays, of course. And, you know, I wouldn't have grown up, I suppose social media wouldn't have gotten really big until my later teens and it was Facebook. So it was kind of yeah mm-hmm. not really the Instagram side of stuff but we all still grew up with our own uh hearing all those conversations about bodies just mm-hmm. not, not people just their bodies basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely and I remember when I was talking to your colleague uh, Meg recently um we were talking about that concept of even catching ourselves uh making a, a subconscious comment and then going what am I talking about and mm-hmm. I read it before that the first thought that you have is the societal uh, influence on you and that's the societal perception you should have and the Mm -hmm. second thought is actually your inner dialogue going what am I talking about like that is so it's your inner self challenging the societal perception that's ingrained in your brain if that makes sense yeah I've heard that that's wonderful because I've heard that before and I, I remember writing about that for something I can't remember what but that as you said first thought is what's been conditioned into mm-hmm. you and then the second thought reflects actually more of who you actually are so I would you know definitely encourage people and I do encourage people to challenge that first thought and don't as well you know I'm I'm really I'm really pro like letting people make some mistakes and mm-hmm. um, we all make them um and but again as you said it is that second voice that's the most important you need to challenge these thoughts and you know not to beat yourself up every time maybe you have a thought and feel mm-hmm. really ashamed about it and be like oh I'm a horrible person like you're probably not you know this has been drilled into us so um yeah just allow yourself that learning and growing space definitely Mm-hmm. absolutely and I suppose if we'll bring because we've kind of had a, a general quick chit chat about body image if we bring it back to Irish context mm-hmm. um how does that play out is there are, are there I know you referenced like studies and research are there statistics about like how many people like the percentage of people that struggle with body image is that a very vague question for me to ask <laughs> and I mean I mean I know I have personally for absolute yeah. years and I know probably probably 95% of all the people I know have at some point struggled with body image um, and yeah. whether they knew it or not um, so that that's my that's my experience of it but I don't know um, the actual research side of it yeah no definitely um, and unfortunately I don't you know have statistics to quote off the top of my head at the moment and you know that's okay but there's definitely research there yeah I remember when I was doing my master's the admittance in Ireland um to hospitals with the diagnosis of eating disorders was very high and also on the rise it was on the rise for men it was really high for women and girls and boys and um yeah there, there are definitely they're de- like it's, it's definitely a 
negative situation in Ireland, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Speaking in a more kind of general term, I think about Irishness and and growing up in Ireland, like <laughs> I do think we there's a lot of Irishisms that we kind of say and actually a lot of them are rooted in kind of really negative body ideals um you kind of touched on it you know you're either too skinny or too scrawny and sure there isn't a pick on her and you know or else it's about being bigger and it's kind of like it's really hard to win isn't it um and I think and I'm not blaming this whole generation at all, mm. but like um, the kind of generation, say my my mom's generation, she's 60 something now. So they would have been brought up to be like, it, it, it was not okay to be proud of how you looked like. Mm-hmm. It was seen as really narcissistic. Don't get notions above your station. Um, you know, my mom always references the nuns. As she mm-hmm. called, you know, that's just just the general group of the nuns that would obviously have been teaching her, etc. in school. And oh my God, like the cruelty, mm-hmm. you know, the nicknames, like my mom is um I hope she doesn't think about me of talking about her. She won't, she won't. She says this openly, like my mom's a very petite woman. She's always been very slim. She just that's what how she's built she's a small appetite as well and she would have been you know they I think they said something about her legs being like a chicken and, you know these kind mm-hmm. of cruel things and then they'd say horrible things to the bigger girls as well I remember even a nun when I was a child telling uh, one of the other kids in my class that she needed to pull back from the table a bit more um and oh my god it, it's just sorry I sound like I'm blaming it all on the nuns it's not all on the nuns <laughs> But there is certainly um, in Irish culture, definitely it's there's a lot of body talk, as mm-hmm. we call it. We talk about bodies a lot. Mm-hmm. We really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I suppose even the fact that, you know, you uh, you go into your granny's and it's just like, oh, he's a grown boy now. I give yeah. him three servings of food and. <laughs> But then on the flip side, if you had a granddaughter, it's like, oh, Jesus, no, she's she's putting on a little bit of weight there now. That Again, it sounds like we're attacking the nuns and the grannies. Yeah. And the grand- we're not. <laughs> it's not just them. It's not just them. Yeah. Love my granny. She's great. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I think absolutely. it's that kind of. Yeah, that kind of. Do you know, sometimes with because we're such a nation that can have a laugh and we love mm-hmm. the banter and we're known for that. And it's very hard then to draw the line between, you know, slagging and, and actually being cruel. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a difficult one um, and kind of flippant remarks and jokes. Ah, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. You know, that's that's just us or that's just lads or, you know, that's the way we talk to each other. But you can see the hurt and you can see how even one little comment can can stick with someone so mm-hmm. much. Um, like, especially something I've noticed I'm sure it happens in other countries. It's just something, particularly in Ireland, I've noticed that um, the way we talk about mothers' bodies is just shocking. It's definitely not just Ireland, but mm-hmm. you know, how many times have I heard, oh, like, oh, she, her body snapped right back for a pleasure, and like, you know, yeah. she only had a baby, whatever. Or she's still carrying ago. the baby weight. What's That's it? it. Or she is a mum, Tom, this kind of language. Um, and then we have like, the dad bod which is seen as kind of sexy and mm-hmm. almost kind of definitely glamorized and kind of like oh 
celebrated mm. affectionately and then I'm sure he did not need didn't carry a child <laughs> I know exactly I'm like why is he allowed to have his body change and it's just kind of totally fine and then like the pressure mothers are under mm-hmm. then like we've no such thing as a, a mom bod like we don't call it a mom bod that it's sexy mm-hmm. it's actually seen as a very negative thing um now I hope it, it is changing but it's god it's it's you know how many years decades of this that we're trying to undo so it's it's mm-hmm. it's slow work but I hope it's getting there absolutely absolutely I'm still laughing about the the mom bod and the dad bod it's so true like it's just it's a classic like, example of mm-hmm you know it um it it truly is um just on the even whole concept again of the mom bods versus the dad bods um recently I was listening to um the bits of me podcast which I love I was on it myself talking about vaginismus but there's a lot of stories from uh women in Ireland of um well there's all different health issues but a lot of them uh are linked with childbirth so I heard stories of women sharing, you know, um, about like shattered tailbones and, you know, muscle tears and mm-hmm. um, uh, giving birth without pain relief and all these different things, incontinence, you name it, like all the different things that can happen during pregnancy, during labor and after labor. And all I could think at the end was like well one I was just so moved by them all I was Mm -hmm. like wow incredible as always women are amazing anyone who gives birth is amazing Mm -hmm. um but just so sad thinking of all this trauma that these women have gone through and the amazing resilience and strength and what someone down the road is going to say is something Mm -hmm. about their body you know they're gonna that's because that's what the conversation is going to turn to sooner or later and it just makes me well, it makes me really angry, mm-hmm. um, but it also just saddens me as well that that's kind of what we reduce the incredible work women's bodies do to, you know. To absolutely. Oh, even uh, if you think about, shall we say, like if someone's on medication or mm-hmm. if they have something like polycystic ovarian syndrome, you know, that heightens testosterone. So you can have like increased hair growth or on medication, like depending on the medication you're on, it can increase weight gain and stuff like that. And it's always seen as, you know, it's always about the weight. And I'm like, people are so much more, they're worth so much more than what the number on the scale says. Of like, course. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I suppose if we think about it in like the global context, like if we think of body norms, like I know I watched a documentary before and I'm not even going to make an attempt to say what country it was <laughs> because I know I'll get it wrong. But I know it okay. was um, um, it was like a, a, an African country and the women were praised for having, you know, whatever shape body it was, whether their boobs were touching their knees or whether, you know, like it, it, it's pride and praise in, like you said, these women go through amazing things. And their mm-hmm. bodies go through amazing things. And we need to like praise the praise their body for that. And I'm just like, why, why can't we be more like that? Why can't we yeah. acknowledge and praise the, the the amazing, like you said, the amazing things that not only women's bodies, but bodies in general go through. But I know we're specifically at the moment talking about women's bodies in that point. Yeah, I know. It's 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 so frustrating. And like with body norms in general and I love talking to young people about this because you can kind of see the cogs turning as they're starting to well they probably already to be fair started thinking about stuff but you know some of them mightn't have yet and they're kind of 
starting to challenge things a little bit and you know body norms say for women can be so heteronormative it's mm-hmm. basically you know I need to look desirable to men mm-hmm. um because again this was when I was doing my master's but I doubt it's changed hugely but the research was showing that heterosexual women and homosexual men were the most likely to have like body image disorders mm-hmm. and eating disorders etc it's like that's really interesting you know um about those norms there linking in with sexuality you know mm-hmm. and um of course we can't forget about race and ethnicity like you know the body norms we kind of accept they're they're so white they're so um I suppose would you say European western mm-hmm. um so thinness is celebrated being smaller and but also not too small because you know you need to have the boobs and the bums so the men mm-hmm. like you this is the kind of narrative mm-hmm. that gets passed around and it's or the, the hourglass figure shall we say and exactly and it's so limited limiting because like these kind of whatever about body norms historically I mean I'm not saying they were okay then or they were achievable or anything like that but you know when we think of again the Marilyn Monroe era let's say um at least it was dare I say a natural body Mm -hmm. um and yeah not everyone looked like that I, I totally get that and like I certainly don't look like Marilyn Monroe but um nowadays you the body image ideas are based on I like I shudder when I mention them because I swear, like they must actually I wonder how many times their names are mentioned a day in relation to this but the Kardashians like the amount of surgery of editing of proceed the mm-hmm. amount of money and time and effort that goes into their singular bodies mm-hmm. um and then we have it kind of replicated all over the place like mm-hmm. it's I, I every it seems that every single woman that's been on a reality tv show gets her Brazilian bum lift, um, breast implants, um, mm-hmm. Botox fillers, lips, nose, like just, just work. Like, it's like, um, like, you know, build a woman kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, it's just taking each body part at a time. And I mean, how can people ever even aspire to that? Like, as in mm-hmm. how, are, even if you want to achieve it, and again, I'm trying to move away from the idea of that it is, it is something we even should want to achieve but how would you even achieve it anyway if you wanted to like Mm -hmm. it's setting people up to fail basically Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's particularly these days I just really feel for young people because they are being bombarded much more than we were even I think by these Mm -hmm. images and I suppose like you do have you, you reference the the Kardashians on the flip side of that you do have the likes of Lizzo who's very positive yeah. about yeah you know body and all that sort of stuff but at the same time you have more images that are like the Kardashians shall we say and oh, yeah. those voices are being amplified nearly louder than um now granted Lizzo is a fantastic and she will scream the world down um so she'll challenge uh, the numbers but it's definitely an imbalance and everything is weighted more towards you know the the cookie cutter image is like oh yeah you need to have this done and this done and the lips and the fillers and yeah like you said it's yeah and it's 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 still disproportionate I love the likes of Lizzo or you know anyone that comes out with a body shape that is seen as outside the typical Mm -hmm. tiny 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 box 
of what has been deemed acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, their voices need to be amplified more because it's still, although it's great that we have them, I'm delighted and ho- hopefully we'll have more people like this, mm-hmm. but it's still, you know, the Kardashians of the world that are getting more airtime, let's say, and more adoration. And something I find interesting as well is like, how does this translate to everyday life? Say you're a typical Irish teenager. Um, so say if you have a typical, say if you have an Irish teenager and she looks like Lizzo, you know, mm-hmm. and she sees Lizzo as a role model and fabulous, brilliant, like it would be great, wouldn't it, if it inspired self-love and self-confidence. Mm-hmm. But that teenager still has to battle with that every day she is going to see an ad on TV for something got to do with losing weight. Mm-hmm. You know, we still live in a completely fat phobic society. So mm-hmm. Although it's brilliant to have these role models and these, um, you know, examples, it really is. Mm-hmm. It's not enough. And it's kind of almost this expectation that you have to completely own it and love yourself then. So say this teenager, you know, has to embody what Lizzo embodies, which isn't easy. Who's no. as confident as Lizzo? It's mm-hmm. really hard to be that confident. It takes a lot of work. And it's it's tough to expect young people to just kind of, oh just love your body it's mm-hmm. it's just not, it's that not easy. as easy as that it's not as easy so it's you know I'm just thinking of the you know the everyday realities mm-hmm. of being in a body that is marginalized mm-hmm. um is just it's so much more difficult than just saying oh look at Lizzo isn't she great sure look mm-hmm. if she can do it anyone can do it it's, yeah and it's it's interesting as well because like for example I would have my personal social medias and I would have my personal mm-hmm. Instagram and stuff like that and I I wouldn't follow the likes I have no interest in following the likes of the Kardashians or anything like that mm-hmm. anyways, but I Same. would be conscious yeah. to have you know um I follow this um page called strength marks which is all about highlighting the beauty of stretch marks um Lovely. but I, I would still have all like that sort of stuff and I wouldn't have anything that would cause like that I wouldn't like to see on my personal th- thread. But then if you go through like the the for you or whatever, and even if I'm watching a stupid video of a dog or mm-hmm. um, an absolute cute video of a little kitten, a lot of the times now I have found on Instagram is it, when you if there's more than one um a slide or tile on the on the post if you slide across the second one always seems to be when I get a flat tom find mm-hmm. my link in the description and I'm like what has this got to do with me watching a video of a puppy falling down the stairs like, I know obviously it's a cute puppy like just falling down one step I swear I'm not <laughs> laughing at puppies yeah. falling downstairs. <laughs> just a disclaimer there but I'm like what has this got to do with me watching you know how to how to braid hair or whatever it's like why is ev- every single time I'd say out of five posts three of them at least have one of these get a flat tom yeah and it's always kind of like you were talking about the young girl it's always kind of that teenage girl that's uh, portraying it shall we say yeah and I'm like why 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 do we have to do this I I curate my Instagram that I don't see this sort of stuff yeah I still do I'm the exact same it's it's absolutely insidious like I literally only follow um sexual health accounts body image accounts maybe a few actors and actresses like you know absolutely no no real influencers unless they're particularly maybe they do stuff about sustainable fashion or you know Mm -hmm. um no kind of of those kind of 
bloggers and influencers and um, models, etc. Just because, again, I know it has a negative effect on me. And when I go into my explore page, it's flooded with them. Mm-hmm. My explore page is flooded with Kardashians. And I'm like, OK, is my phone just listening to me because I'm giving out about the Kardashians? <laughs> um, but it's it's exhausting. It actually mm-hmm. is. And I feel like sometimes I'm telling young people, you know, And it's true, like you do have a lot of control over what you see. You can unfollow these accounts if they're not adding to your life. Mm -hmm. It can take a while, but you can do it. But like, I can't tell them it's going to completely, you know, fix the problem because if it's still popping up. And I think it just comes down to money and power, really, you know, the amount of money we pump into, let's just call it the beauty industry, Mm because what else do you call it? The diet industry every year, the more, you know, the more demand there is, the more supply there will be and it's kind of a never-ending cycle so no wonder they can pay to have their ads everywhere Everywhere. because Mm we we maybe you and me have gotten to the point now where thankfully and we're privileged enough that we can kind of dismiss it I suppose and be like I don't want to see this and ignore it and we're not going to buy the product Mm -hmm. but like a lot of people are going to buy it Mm -hmm. you know we we absolutely lap it up because we're thought to be insecure and then they sell us the cure to being feeling happier cure yeah and it's just like just drink this for three weeks um and your body's going to get absolutely no no nutrition and it's going to eat all the fat that's in your body and there you go you're going to be fine um no not at all and i suppose we were talking about you know unfollowing accounts and such like that Mm -hmm. challenging body image or challenging you know things that impact our body image because i I don't want to say challenging body image because we I feel that anytime I or maybe in, in a lot of people talk about body image, they see it in the negative side. But like, as you said, body image isn't all about negativity. It's about how you feel towards um, your body. So I suppose yeah. are there ways or things that as a society or as individuals we can do to challenge our personal perceptions of body image or challenge you know the way we I just remember you talking about young people and thinking about challenging things mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so are there are there things we can do to challenge what, what what's your think what's your thinking yeah there definitely is um I mean there's probably so much because again as we've described it's such a problem that's rooted and interwoven into our society so there's no quick fix mm-hmm. like the first thing I will say it has to start from when they're little babas like Mm -hmm. the way we talk to our children it doesn't mean you can't ever call your child beautiful Mm -hmm. it just means that that's not the only thing you call your child and that it's not the most you know that they know it's not the far from the most important thing in fact it's not really important at all Mm -hmm. um that you know that's the least interesting thing about them Mm -hmm. um you know praising our children for their talent their kindness their empathy their whatever it is like be creative because it's so easy isn't it say oh she's beautiful he's beautiful aren't they gorgeous and there's nothing in itself wrong with that Mm -hmm. um I don't want to come across as you know never compliment your child because I don't agree with that at all like either um but moving away from how we talk about people from a very very young age like parents have huge um, influence in this teachers etc um and then kind of I suppose again not all of us have that so for people who are now teenagers or adults I think it is about learning it's about educating yourself and you kind of have to go out of your way to do that because again the stuff that pops up is going to be the 
the stuff that's being promoted by mm-hmm. someone trying to sell you a product and they're not going to tell you the truth about bodies and health and you know the history of body image and whatnot so kind of going off and doing a little bit of learning yourself I encourage people sometimes to just for one week journal mm-hmm. every message they get either you know a direct message something actually someone actually says versus mm-hmm. indirect messages um, everything they see just for a week about how bodies should look like and just for a week because it can be really overwhelming but but the power in kind of that critical thinking mm-hmm. I think is very it can be a catalyst for change um, and you kind of realize that it's all a bit of a gimmick really Do you know yeah. it's all a bit of a conspiracy to I know that's a dramatic word but it kind of is and obviously this is a a podcast maybe episode maybe an hour long so we can't even begin to go into the complexities of how we've gotten to this point anyway as a society mm-hmm. but I think educating ourselves um and then also just kind of on a very practical level um calling out your friends and family like if if there's people who are talking really negatively like when you have the energy and when it feels safe to do so call them out or say you know this is how when you talk about this person like that this is how it makes me feel Mm. um and look they might get defensive which is really common or they might get you know uh, really upset or whatever but that's not on you Mm -hmm. um you know as you said unfollow people you don't owe anyone time that makes you feel terrible about your body whatever about anything else you know obviously people in our lives are supposed to challenge us we have arguments you know, they can change us in our behavior and stuff, Mm. but our body is something that really, really most of the time should be off limits, you know? Um, And I'm trying to think of what else there are some, there are some kind of exercises you can do, which are really nice about, you know, writing letters to your body. Mm -hmm. Um, It could range from a love letter to just a thank you letter um, to, you know, kind of listing out all the things that make you, you, because your body, I always say it's the tip of the iceberg. It's just the bit you see, Mm -hmm. like the whole substance is underneath. And that is the stuff that gets you through life and actually, you know, makes you who you are. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and they are fabulous exercises to do, but it can be really hard to do that if you're not in that place yet. Um, So obviously anyone who has access to it or has the ability to talk to a professional about it, I genuinely think we could all benefit from from mentioning this in our counseling at some point because mm-hmm. as you said it affects so many people mm-hmm. um no matter what we look like it really does and it can affect us in so many different ways it's like oh yeah it's just the way i think about it but w- one activity that i've done quite a lot with um with young people is i've done it with adults as well But it's the idea that the way we talk to ourselves completely can impact on our bodies as well. And I I do this activity where I get people to silently in their head insult themselves. Um, I give them a a structured kind of um, insult, Maria. And I know to anyone listening, this sounds very terrible, but bear with me for (laughs) a second. Um, And like all, all the participants know exactly like that this is whatever, but they say it to themselves and I I pick it because I don't want them actually picking something that's like a deep rooted kind of thing for them. So it's just like, you know, something like, you know, I'm useless. Um, yeah. Whatever. And they say it to themselves a few times. And then there's a physical activity where someone comes along and tries to pull their arm down and it drops instantly. And then you get them to shout out and scream that I am powerful. I'm strong. And 
share about all the positive things about them. And then you nearly have people hanging off their arm. They're so empowered by the positive words that they've said about themselves. And it's just a real practical, physical interaction that you can physically see how the way you talk to yourself or the way we talk to the, the, the impact our words have on our physical. Because I think a lot of times people don't acknowledge that and people don't see that, but it really does really does impact on that like even if uh, the way I was talking I might like kind of start to slouch or something like that whereas if I'm a bit more positive like even my body will react and I mightn't even notice it yeah it's all so linked you're so right and that's a re- I've never heard of an exercise like that it sounds really interesting because I can see how it would um affect you you know physically or physiologically um and also I think with kind of with with kind of trying to change the culture around um let's say body ideals or um negative body image for want of a better term it's really important as well that people realize like they don't have to love their bodies great if you can like definitely go for it like mm-hmm. it's something you can try to do um or you know love parts of your body at least but that you can actually have days or stretches of time or there's some parts of your body maybe forever that you won't really like, but that's actually okay. That like, mm-hmm. I think sometimes there's too much emphasis on, you know, be confident, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, you're perfect. I love that. I'm, I'm not saying they're bad messages, but it's just, then people can feel really bad about themselves because they're like, why can't I just believe I'm beautiful? you know, mm-hmm. why can't I just be confident? Why can't I just accept myself? Because you've t- been taught not to, you know, that you've had mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40 years of this, you know, messaging all your life so that it's actually okay to be um, neutral about your body as well. And that's mm-hmm. the whole area of body neutrality that seems to be really kind of not taking off. I mean, it's been around ages, but just Mm-hmm. as a kind of alternative to body positivity like maybe maybe you can strike a balance of both you know you we don't absolutely have to love every single parts of ourselves um mm-hmm. because it can be really that's a big ask of people let's put it that way absolutely. and if you can do it i'm proud of you i'm delighted for you i am genuinely impressed by anyone who can say mm-hmm. they fully 100% love their body um, but it is a big ask for most people. Um, mm-hmm. And especially when you bring again, people of color, um, people in bigger bodies, people who have disabilities, it's a big ask to ask people to mm-hmm. just, just ignore everything you've been told for your whole life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I suppose like, it's not an all or nothing kind of concept. No. Like you said, you know, there is, there is you know whether it's a neutrality or whether there's parts of your body that you do love and stuff like that because like I say to people I'm like do you know what I actually have a really nice nose for my face um but I wouldn't be someone who historically or even currently would be a very body positive mm-hmm. person about myself I'm very body positive about other people yeah. and I'm like oh yeah aren't we all like, yeah <laughs> you know they look fabulous regardless of what they look like and um but it's even fine in those little bits and I'm like yeah I actually yeah that's okay um and and highlighting kind of these aspects in ourselves and and in others and I suppose thinking about like even if we're you you mentioned earlier on about saying when you're younger to uh to 
compliment children about more than just isn't she gorgeous mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that and even doing that as an adult like so now anytime I'd give um I'd like say I had a friend who was you know feeling down I would never gravitate towards you're beautiful you're beautiful or whatever I would always like you are smart amazing like and I think those hold a lot more weight now I would also tell them you know you're a beautiful person inside and out yeah yeah um, because they are but I suppose even challenging the aspect of if I was telling someone like that maybe might have been struggling with body image or something um, if I was giving them something I instead of just going Asher you're beautiful again like that's a very overarching thing it's like you have the most gorgeous eyes I've seen mm-hmm. or you know highlighting the beautiful features of people um, even like the mom bod it's like look appreciate your hips that helped you carry this child that yeah. is now and continue to carry them on your hip like you know yeah. um, but highlighting these as opposed to giving an overarching uh, Asher aren't you beautiful like do you know what I mean yeah absolutely and I think people are getting hopefully more conscious of their language like even if you see when it's um, female celebrities being interviewed, they're always asked about what they're wearing and how did they get into shape for the role and blah, blah, blah. And it's so boring. Like, I, I just wish people would get more bored of talking about bodies because it is so boring. Mm-hmm. Um, and just talk about all the other stuff. And that's not to say, again, like even you mentioned saying your friend is beautiful eyes. It's not to say we can't celebrate beauty in bodies. Of course we can, but it's, you know, it's expanding our idea of what beautiful is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a huge, it's a societal shift. Like it's, a, you know, as we said, it's slow work. It's not going to happen mm-hmm. overnight, but making those small changes. Like I, even with one example is with um, kind of changing our language from like, oh, I'm, I'm doing a run to burn off my dinner or whatever. Like, calories give you energy do you know that they they give you that we need them Mm -hmm. um and you don't need to kind of punish yourself or earn the right to eat Mm -hmm. um now again or cheat meals and even the word cheat meal like it and like look I'm not saying this is again none of this is the crux of the problem it's Mm -hmm. a huge huge murky kind of soup of stuff um but I think just being aware of yeah the language we use and again it could be useful to kind of journal it for a week just for a week write down the things you said you thought your friends did you heard on tv whatever um and it's all about that critical thinking and that allowing for learning and challenging things I'm reading at the moment um women don't owe you pretty which um, a lot of people might have heard of by Florence Given. And it's now I'm only a little bit into it, but I've heard brilliant things about it. And even already, I'm like, oh, God, it's so true. We Mm -hmm. really do mold ourselves into what we think everyone else wants to see Mm -hmm. Um, and think that we owe, again, the title, women don't owe you pretty. Like We don't owe anyone thinness Mm -hmm. or, you know, prettiness or you know sexiness we don't Mm -hmm. owe any of this to live you know as a rent we need to pay to live on this earth Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's challenging and it it does need to start from a young age really for there to be a Mm long-term solid shift but Mm -hmm. you know 
and even we'll the get there hopefully <laughs> oh yeah exactly and even the flip side of like um you you were referencing like the health and fitness industry being like asher oh, they're only scrawny like they need to bulk yeah, or bulk you up. know um hit the gym and like even when someone's hitting the gym they're like oh you haven't gone to the gym like no you haven't just still have scrawny arms and you're like can we not praise people for like again like you said it is a whole other podcast talking about the health aspects of things oh my god Um, yeah but yeah like it's it's just interesting that you know I know when I typically talk about body image I do talk about maybe the more fat phobia side of things um because that would be my uh, experience or my brain aspect on it but it's not minimizing at, at all the impact that say um skinny people have or um people who can't put on muscle or who have a high metabolism so they can't maintain weight shall we say exactly power through meals and meals and meals I was like oh you eat everything you want and aren't you great now don't be shame for having a great metabolism like I know yeah again it's that aspect of you can't win and I'm very conscious that you know when we talk about body positivity we do need to have um fat phobia and racism etc and ableism at the forefront of the conversation mm-hmm. um because sometimes it is kind of a lot of thin women and when I say thin again even these words are so loaded aren't they I mean like society's accepted ideal of what thin is it doesn't mean they're really skinny but let's just say they're you know they're relatively thin whatever kind of bending over and saying oh you know this is what my belly rolls look like and Mm -hmm. whatever and like that's great but like you know lots of people don't have to bend over to have those roles and whatnot they're just there as as part of their body and (laughs) it's just interesting that like um I think thin women and I've probably been guilty of it at times myself have kind of hijacked the movement a little Mm bit um but I do think there does need to be room for everyone in it I absolutely agree because even when I was a teenager I was like um really slim just some people just are, aren't they, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, but certainly in my teenage years, I was really kind of tiny. Oh, my God. Like, I was called bony. I was called anorexic. I was called, like, flat-chested. So many things. Um, and then later in life, when I gained uh, a lot of weight at one point, then it was that I was fat. I was like, oh, my God. Um, you can't win. And, yeah, to someone, I'm, I still think fat phobia is a bigger problem but mm-hmm. for teenage grace it was devastating to be called those things and you could have told me at that age oh yeah but it you know it'd be worse if you were bigger because people would even be more you know more mean to you I wouldn't have cared because it's my reality and that was my reality so um just kind of making room for it can take many many forms body shaming mm-hmm. some forms are definitely more harmful than others mm-hmm. but that all of it is wrong and you know to allow space for that as well and so unfortunately i had to cut the episode right there right in the middle of a really good conversation click on to the next episode it's there it's ready for you and if you have any questions or if you want to reach out sexual health west at all of their social media and at the green elephant.ie on facebook and instagram and green elephant mh on twitter um so just click ahead for the next episode But thank you for listening and thank you for joining us and helping us normalize the space to talk about things relating to mental health and all other things. Have a great day. Address the elephant in the room. Your mental health matters.